0: Welcome to the Vibrant You Health Show with your host, Blake Bars. At Nature's Pantry, our mission is to lead you to vibrant health through the best nutrition, supplementation, service, expertise, and healthy choices. In this show, we aren't interested in fads or quick fixes. Rather, we want to get into the holistic fundamentals of health. We want to answer questions like, what are the underlying causes to health issues, and what solutions can help lead us to vibrant health? You can watch every episode and listen to the podcast by visiting our website at naturespantry.life. The Vibrant You Health Show is brought to you by Terry Naturally Vitamins and Solar Ray Vitamins. At Nature's Pantry, we strive to work only with companies that maintain the highest standards for quality and efficacy. Terry Naturally and Solar Ray are two of the absolute best.
1: welcome everyone to episode 43 of the vibrant you health show i am humbled and honored to have my special guest today dr neil nedley thank you so much for joining me today thank you great to be with you so uh dr neil nedley you are the founding founder and medical director of nedley depression and anxiety recovery programs you're an award-winning practicing physician who also serves as president of weimar university which is a higher education college, and that houses the New Start program. Um, You have presented and published numerous scientific studies in the medical and scientific literature, and you're well-known as an author, public speaker, and teacher throughout the world. And um, so today, I particularly want to dive into the anxiety and depression and some of the causes and some of the ways that you've had success with your programs in helping people recover from those those illnesses so could you tell me first could you tell me a little bit of how you got into holistic health and healing and and what drew you to focus into mental health?
2: Well great questions uh, I started out early on in life recognizing there was something about what people put into their bodies and did with their bodies that was related to their health and that's when my own father, Changed his lifestyle in his 40s. I was 13 at the time, and he was overweight and had a lot of health problems. And uh, he changed his diet significantly, got on an exercise program, and I saw a new dad emerge, not only physically but also emotionally and mentally as well. So wow. that stuck in the back of my mind, and I I don't think I probably would have become a physician without that. But at uh, that time, I realized, you know, a lot of people are neglecting what they put into their body or thinking it's not important. This is very important. And so uh, when I went through um, my undergraduate training, it was in biochemistry, particularly had an interest in food biochemistry, and then uh, also medical school. And so with that focus, I began to uh, realize it was even more important than I thought it was, <laughs> uh, you know, when I was a teenager and my interest was being peaked. Very cool.
1: Um, so in, now you've started these, and how long has this been going, your depression and, and anxiety recovery programs, when when did you start this at Weimar?
2: So we actually started it in Oklahoma. Oh, uh-huh. so our residential program started at the Lifestyle Center of America in Oklahoma in 2002. So mm-hmm. we've been doing it for 21 years and it moved to Weimar in 2012. So about 10 years after starting it, and we've been doing it at Weimar uh, ever since, although we have run some programs in Oklahoma and Georgia as well since then. Okay. And you've seen
1: people recover from the depths of depression and anxiety.
2: On a routine basis, yes. Oh, really? we have the most severe cases come to us uh, from all over the world, actually. And it's amazing how quickly the brain can recover. Our brains are amazing because they have the power of neuroplasticity. That means the ability for the brain to change. And uh, the great news is you are not stuck with the brain you have now or even the brain that you were born with that brain can change in very dramatic and very positive ways with sometimes some very simple measures. And uh, so within 10 to 17 days, uh, we've got a 99% response rate for depression and anxiety, and those people go home far different than when they came.
1: Well, that's, that's really encouraging to hear. Um, do you have a specific example that sticks out in your mind right now for someone who's recovered?
2: Oh, well, uh, there's so many, every, every program. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. Uh, Maybe perhaps one of the most dramatic is an individual who tried very seriously to end her life five different times. And, um, you know, the fourth time was a gun to her head where the trigger jammed and the fifth time was a uh, taking one of those big opioid patches, um, which is normally pretty successful. The scores of individuals are dying from opioid overdose and then waking up three days later in a hotel. Uh, she'd been to psych ward. She'd been to, you know, on all sorts of medicines, uh, ADHD medicines, anxiety medicines, um, uh, antidepressants, benzos, um, and unfortunately on other addictions as well um, that were recreational addictions. And, uh, when she came to us, she thought that, you know, um, nothing would work because nothing had worked for her. Uh, and, but her mother heard about some of our other patients who had come. And so she was uh, hoping and, uh, now, um, Christy is medication free. She is also depression-free, anxiety-free, and she runs our community health program. She used to be an ICU nurse, and she actually still is a nurse, but she says, I actually saved more lives in mental health than I did as an ICU nurse uh, because of all the averted suicides and um, the, the lives that are put back together again with her help with our community outpatient program. Wow, that's incredible.
1: So... Um I wanted you to talk a little maybe just briefly on the definition of depression and anxiety and I was just going to share an image here um can you see that okay Yes the the um the quality isn't great but um you I watched you um talk about the de- the definition of depression or or sorry this is the wrong image
2: Oh no, we could do with this that's,
1: one That's definitely the wrong image <laughs> Oh, there we go. Yeah. That's the anxiety. That's depression. Yeah. Yes. This is the one I was wanting to share. Could you talk a little bit about the definition?
2: Yeah, Uh, absolutely. So this is, we use the same definition that the psychiatric Bible does, which is the DSM five criteria, just so we can all as professionals be talking about the same thing. But you have to have five of these nine symptoms, Uh, deep sadness or emptiness is one of them. And of course, uh, for many people, they just don't have the joy of life anymore. Uh, Apathy is also a big one. This is where they're not, they wake up in the morning and they're not interested in the day. They get up out of a sense of duty and responsibility, but not because they're excited or interested in the day. Agitation, more irritable than they used to be. Sleep disturbances are common, either insomnia, wanting to sleep all the time, or even more common. Able to go to sleep, but then waking up too early and can't get back to sleep. Weight or appetite changes can occur either way. Weight gain is more common than weight loss because we tend to self-medicate with food and particularly junk food and carbs and sweets and sugar and chocolate are big ones. They can not only taste good, but they actually increase serotonin levels. Chocolate increases dopamine levels. So we feel a little less depressed afterwards, but then there's a nadir that brings it down even further afterwards. Lack of focus and concentration. We're reading something we're interested in and we get to the bottom of the page, we realize we forgot what was at the top of the page and we go back again and we might even miss it again the second time. So that's very common. Feelings of worthlessness is a sign of severity. Um, It's obviously irrational because if you have any ability to be of use to yourself or others, you're clearly not worthless. But uh, people with depression, severe depression will be convinced that they're worthless And then morbid thoughts, also a sign of severity where you're thinking about death a lot or thinking you'd be better off um, dead or just being preoccupied with death or symbols of death. And then the last symptom is of fatigue where you don't have the energy that you used to have. So you don't have to have all of these, just uh, five and you have major depression. And if you have two, that's minor depression. It's only normal if you have zero or one, as long as that one symptom is not feelings of worthlessness or morbid thoughts.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. That is a very helpful definition because I think um, it's easy to just think generally that it's something and you're like, well, I don't know if I have that. Um, but to see these different, ca- these different symptoms really is helpful.
2: Yeah, and some people may not even have the sadness. And some of the men don't have the sadness, and so they think they're not depressed but as far as the psychiatric bible definition if they have five of the other eight symptoms um, they still would have major depression and and could benefit um, from treatment right right so and then what about anxiety Um... anxiety is excessive fear or worry about a variety of situations And it normally comes with a number of other symptoms, feelings of uneasiness or being on edge, inability to stay calm. And uh, we can even have chronic pain is is common, muscle aches, uh, pains. And uh, some of the symptoms like sleep disturbances and irritability um, are similar to those with depression. But there's also other types of anxiety uh, besides generalized anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder is an anxiety disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder, where we get easily triggered and and uh, the movie of the trauma starts re- replaying. Panic disorder, where we're having all sorts of physical symptoms like maybe smothering or chest pain or or abdominal pain or diarrhea. And then social phobias are all time high. We're seeing particular young people. Uh, having a lot of social anxiety. They'd much rather text somebody than they would actually talk to somebody in person due to their social anxiety. And then uh, uh, eating disorders are an anxiety disorder. Um, Cutting, self-mutilation, very common today, 26% of females uh, now under the age of 24 cut uh, it's uh, far greater than what it used to be, and they're actually doing it as a form of self-medicating because they have so much emotional pain, they want to get distracted with the severe physical pain, and that takes the the edge off of the anxiety. And then, of course, um, a lot of complications can occur that are mentioned there, such as financial complications, a lot of relationship issues, lack of employment and then um, using addictions as a form of self medicating so we don't have to, quotes, think about all this emotional pain. Uh, and uh, one of the reasons why substance um, use and disorders and marijuana usage is going off the charts today.
1: Right. So, how is um, anxiety and depression related?
2: of individuals that come to our program with either severe anxiety or severe depression also have the other one. One of them tends to be more primary than the other, uh, but they tend to come with both. And in reality, they're actually um, two different manifestations of similar causes. The causes of depression and anxiety are very similar. And if we have those causes that are operative, um, will end up experiencing both um the vast majority of the time, right.
1: Um, so could you
2: talk a little
1: bit about um, the causes um, of depression anxiety? You talk about there's ten categories. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really a, what did you say a hundred different causes, but they
2: causes, be- yeah. And they can be categorized into 10 ways. And the brain's pretty resilient. It can undergo one of these causes and not have any issues with depression and anxiety. But once the brain gets hit from four different areas, that's when it becomes overwhelming. And that's when depression and anxiety is going to manifest itself. So the categories are, there's genetic categories. And there's really some exciting things that we have found biochemically with genetics We can not only now identify the mutations, but to see if those mutations are active. Sometimes people have mutations, but because they're on a decent um, nutrition lifestyle measure, the epigenetics actually shuts down any ability of the mutation to cause any problems. But if we have a genetic mutation, and for instance, we're on a poor diet, or maybe we're not an exercise program, or not being exposed enough light, there's enough hits right there, there's going to be four hits, and that's going to be enough to tip an individual over the edge. And so what we have shown is we can actually shut down these bad genes through good nutrition and lifestyle once we can identify them. And then we can even measure that we've shut it down, um, you know, a few weeks later, or if we haven't, then we need to do more of maybe a specific nutrient or something like that to be able to have our brain make the amount of serotonin it's supposed to make instead of what the mutation was preventing it um, from doing. So genetics is one category. Another is adverse childhood experiences. Those are at an all-time high. And I'll just explain briefly why they are at an all-time high. Um, It actually has to do with the, um, in, in some respects, the sexual revolution that has hit America. And uh, what happens with the uh, sexual revolution is what we call um, casual sex. And when offspring result from that in a more self-centered relationship, those individuals that are born out of that relationship end up experiencing more abuse, neglect, et cetera, than if you have two committed people who are willing to self-sacrifice And if they're willing to self-sacrifice for each other, they're willing to self-sacrifice for their kids, so those kids don't get neglected or abused or those sorts of things. And now in America today, 75% of our young people are being uh, raised not by both biological parents. And so um, uh, they're either being raised by one, not the other, which can have some issues, Uh, or they're being traded around with grandparents, et cetera, and uh, and when they're not being traded around, uh, if they're being raised by self-centered parents, then we're going to see more of that abuse and neglect. So we're seeing uh, sexual abuse, the sexual revolution has also produced more sexual um, abuse of young people than ever recorded in US history. So one in four chance now, if you're a boy or if you're a girl, you're going to be sexually abused um, growing up in society today. And that's way above what it was when I was growing up uh, in society. We kind of pride ourselves of being a progressive society with all this intellectualism. But uh, when it results in that sort of thing, it's really pseudo-intellectualism. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it's destroying the brains. Um, and when you have that type of developmental hit, it requires not just biochemical fixes, but it's gonna require some very wise counseling fixes because when we've had that type of abuse, we're gonna have mental filters, we're gonna have emotional reasoning, we really need to be working with a good cognitive behavioral therapist to create new and healthy pathways in the brain. At the same time, we're fixing the biochemistry. And that's one of the reasons why our program is so successful. The, you know, the woman I just told you about Um, actually had some significant um, uh, sexual behavioral aspects of things that contributed to all of this um, severity of depression. And the creating of the new pathways and also the behaviors to um, really help as well uh, can be transformational. Uh, And uh, then when we deal with the biochemical side of things, Um, it's, um, it's amazing what can happen. We've had some people come to our program that just want the biochemical fix. And we have to tell them, no, you know, after our evaluation for many people, we'll find that 80% of their thoughts are negative, 95% of of them repetitive. And those have to do with highways in the brain that they're just used to thinking over and over and over again. And so we have to create new pathways. We have to start blocking those pathways, which require cognitive behavioral therapy. And then we start to have to reframe things to be more accurate and more helpful ways of thinking. And when we do that with the biochemical fix, that's when neuroplasticity takes off. And wow. as Christy says today, she says, I don't even know that person that came to your program and tried to end her life five times. He says, She says, I can't even imagine. She goes, I know I was that person but I'm so far away from that person now, I can't even understand you know, wow. how in the world I was there because I'm so far away from that now. That's so super cool. So,
1: okay, so tell me, uh, just maybe list those 10 categories.
2: Yeah, so we have lifestyle causes, that has to do with not being on a regular exercise program, not getting enough bright light. It turns out bright light helps us and sunlight is one of those lights. Uh, that can help us, and then also uh, fresh air. So if we're not getting those three things, we have a lifestyle hit. Circadian rhythm hit, our bodies function best when we go to bed at the same time, we get up at the same time, we eat our meals at the same time every day. And when those are all over the map, uh, we are our brains are going to start to suffer. It's enough to be a hit. And we reset the body clock actually with blue light first thing in the morning, like the light from the blue sky or maybe a blue light box. Mm -hmm. Then we have um, addiction hits. If you're addicted to any substance or non-substance, it actually has some very adverse um, changes in the brain, particularly in dopamine pathways and other pathways. Then we have nutrition hits. One of the most overlooked causes of depression is um, not getting the right type of tryptophan in our diet that's going to cross the blood-brain barrier, or tyrosine, or vital nutrients. Zinc is way under supply. Um, today, magnesium, calcium, those sorts of things it can be very important to be able to make enough of the neurotransmitters to store them in vesicles and get them next to the synapse so that they can do their work. Then toxic hits, toxins are also at an all-time high. Mercury, we're seeing lots of issues with mercury in fish today in regards to mental health issues and other toxins like too much copper. Social causes or stress causes can be a big one And then medical causes like thyroid, autoimmune disease, those sorts of things. Traumatic brain injury is a medical cause and then uh, or hormonal like premenstrual dysphoria. And then uh, the 10th cause also very overlooked is the frontal lobe causes. And this has to do with our analytical and our spiritual part of the brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the part of the brain that has to be transformed for neuroplasticity to produce its amazing effects. Back to Christy's story, Christy came, I would say she was uh, not only, you know, spiritually naive, but she was very spiritually resistant. She didn't want to have anything to do with anything to do with spiritual things. And our is a mind, body, soul uh, program. We mentioned that up front, but she didn't want to have anything to do with it. But once her brain started to wake up and it started to work better, She actually developed an interest in that area, and she wanted to study the principled um, themes of the Bible, particularly recognizing the Bible as a mental health book, has mental health cases that are instructional, has a lot of principles. So she asked on her own to actually start to study the Bible, and she became very fascinated. Her frontal lobe started lighting up as a result of that spiritual awakening and that was part of her transformation. And it really helped wow. the neuroplasticity. plasticity.
1: Well, there's a Bible verse do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be re- be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is literally what you're seeing happen routinely.
2: Routinely in real time. It's exciting to be a part of it. <laughs> wow, that's so neat.
1: Okay. So, and you said those, those are those 10 categories. Like you said, there's a hundred causes roughly, but, or maybe it's not roughly, but it's, but you can break them into what's that?
2: It's over a hundred causes. Yeah.
1: You can break them into 10 categories. And if somebody, people can handle a lot of those things, but if you get four of those 10, a lot of times that'll tip you over the edge.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Four, four or more and so uh which in our world today it's not yeah, hard it become common yeah in addictions you know even addic- you know it used to be uh when i was growing up it was a minority of society that had addictions and not now it's the majority of society i mean 80 percent of individuals have a technology addiction and that technology addiction produces some significant adverse brain changes right uh, and of course, there's all sorts of other addictions out there that are far higher um, today than um, than what it used to be a couple of a generation or two ago.
0: Your holistic health and fitness coach. If you want to improve your health and life and get lasting results, you have to be the change you want to see. Let me help you be that change. Find me at NicoleHaggerty.com. Hey, Eastern Oregon. My name is Justin Hernandez. I specialize in sports performance training for middle school, high school, and college athletes. My program goal is to optimize an athlete's potential on all playing surfaces. The Breakfast Club motto is creating elite athletes but even better leaders. This is Summer Steel of Body Sayorsa. I am a licensed massage therapist and certified personal trainer. I work with bodies of all shapes, sizes, and abilities to help them live a fuller and freer life. Connect with me on Instagram and Facebook under Body Sayorsa, Body S-A-O-R-S-A, or contact me at 541-786-5245.
1: My name is Blake Bars, and I'm general manager of Nature's Pantry here in La Grand. I had a Terribly unhealthy lifestyle when I started working here. I just didn't know how simple and powerful healthy habits could be now I love being able to lead others to vibrant health here at the store through the health show and in the health challenges We host twice per year learn more at nature's pantry life
0: Hey friends Lisa here with wild holistic nutrition and fitness as a certified personal trainer and holistic nutritionist with 17 years of Experience I'm passionate about guiding others in their journey to wellness I work in the areas of sports performance group and individual fitness, personal training, behavioral and nutritional coaching, and gut biome health and assessment. I'd love to help you feel good so that you can thrive and meet the purpose you were made for.
1: Tim James here, founder of chemicalfreebody.com and host of The Health Hero Show. After regaining my own health and having massive gut issues and surgery, I'm on a mission to help others do the same. If you're ready to make your health a priority, lose that weight, increase your energy, and just wake up and feel good, you can reach me at chemicalfreebody.com. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, what a day at Weimar looks like in the depression and anxiety protocol? Um, what, what does the nutrition look like? What is the physical exercise? What is the cognitive stuff going on, counseling, spiritual um, counseling? Can you elaborate on these a little bit?
2: Sure. Yeah. So the first couple of days, there's a lot of evaluations going on. So the physical fitness person's doing an evaluation of your fitness level. Uh, Many people that come to our program are not fit at all. Their mitochondria aren't working all that well. And so uh, we actually put them on a specific exercise prescription because physical fitness is actually better for their brain than it is their body to get them fit. Uh, within uh, 10 days. There's also an evaluation on the cognitive aspect of things. We do a Beck inventory. Beck was the author of Cognitive Behavioral Therapy to see what distorted thoughts might be present, how habitual they are, what needs to be worked on. Uh, We'll also have a spiritual inventory and a spiritual um, counselor will be part of that. And then myself as the physician uh, or uh, or one of our uh, physicians uh, will be, doing the entire um, physical exam and all of the things that have to do with the physical of the body mind connection including a lot of blood work analysis epigenetics uh, those sorts of things so the first couple of days uh, we're determining what hits are present in each of the individuals and then that directs their specific um, recommendations that we're going to put in force for them for the rest of the 10 days. So it's not necessarily a one size fits all, uh, even in regards to diet or those sorts of things, but in general, we're going to have them on a high antioxidant diet antioxidants have been shown to be very healthy for the brain and can really help get rid of depression and anxiety. And in addition to that, we're going to be putting them on a diet where they can get tyrosine and tryptophan across the blood brain barrier so they can start making serotonin, norepinephrine, and dopamine in very healthy levels, enough to be stored in vesicles. So they're going to be, uh, it's going to take a while to store and It'll take it about seven days But after the seven day point, we're gonna start seeing some major differences in regards to um, the brain functioning better and also being far happier. And so, go ahead. Sorry, what foods are best for the tryptophan and tyrosine? So uh, that would be different depending on the tryptophan and tyrosine, but for instance, mustard greens are a great source of getting tryptophan across the uh, blood brain barrier. uh, pumpkin seeds are actually good for both. And so we'll have dishes that have uh, pumpkin seeds because it's high in tryptophan and tyrosine. Um, even tofu is a great source of getting tryptophan across the, uh, the blood-brain barrier. And um, uh, the greens of watermelon actually is a good source for getting tyrosine into the brain. Uh, once you're caffeine-free, watermelon will be a stimulant uh, because of the norepinephrine that's going to produce uh, without the presence of caffeine there. And of course with anxiety, we're, we're taking them off caffeine. So, uh, caffeine and anxiety don't go well together. Uh,
1: Even a little, what about even a little bit?
2: Uh, we don't even do a little bit. Yeah. A
1: little bit affects it.
2: Yeah. A little bit will affect it if you're prone to anxiety. Now, a little bit doesn't seem to have the effect on depression. Um, and so if it's purely depression without anxiety, it may not be that important um although a lot will i mean heavy doses of caffeine are going to adversely affect depression as well yeah so uh sorry I interrupted yeah no that's all right Tell me about the day in the life yeah and so uh the first thing we have them do is be exposed to that blue light to reset their circadian rhythm uh, about 90 percent of people that come to our program have sleep issues I, and one of the most common is I can't sleep and I'm not sleeping well. It's less than four hours and all the issues with that. And so what will get them sleeping like a baby is that blue light exposure for 30 minutes upon awakening and wake time here is at 530 in the morning. So they get that light from 530 to six and we actually have it as a wearable so they can still do things around their room while they're getting that light. And then six a.m. is exercise time. There's advantages of exercising um, to a good fitness level pre-breakfast, and that's done, you know, when the body is in a ketotic state, which is healthy. That's when fat is burning, and so um, exercise time is normally between six and seven. And then uh, breakfast is at seven. Uh, and, uh, then at eight o'clock, we will have the eight AM. We'll have the first um, presentation, which is kind of a body, mind, spirit presentation to, um, uh, get, uh, to really activate all three of those, uh, aspects of, uh, of our life. And then from nine until one, a lunch, lunch is normally at one, but from nine until one, there'll be all the individual Um, sessions. There may be some counseling sessions uh, uh, from either one or two different counselors. There may be physician visits. There may be uh, visits with the physical uh, fitness person. There may be uh, massage um, going on. There may be hydrotherapy uh, going on. Hydrotherapy is one of the techniques that can really help the brain circulation. And so there's a lot of different individual appointments uh, going on. Uh, There's normally a lecture as well, one other lecture before noon, and then a group session that's um, that's kind of a health coaching session to implement what you've just heard in the lecture and how you're going to implement that at home, because we want you to not only get better in 10 days, but to be even that much better in 20 weeks. So we talk about all of these things and how we're going to incorporate it at home. Afternoon between one and six is also individualized um, sessions. And uh, of course, there'll be uh, also exercise, uh, fitness uh, sessions in there and more time uh, with uh, counselors and groups. Sometimes there is an afternoon lecture and another group session in the afternoon. Sometimes there isn't, uh, depending on on what else is happening. And then uh, six o'clock is normally the the evening meal. And then uh, seven o'clock is uh, another mind, body, spirit presentation. And then things are over with by eight. You can relax and and stretch, and normally we want you to bed around nine o'clock, so you can be up at five thirty, and uh, and have another exciting day. That's
1: that's super cool. I'd uh, I'd love to get a, be a part. That seems like something that would be good for any health issues, not just anxiety and depression.
2: It is good for any health issues. Yeah, they, even those that are diabetic, their blood sugars get better uh people with hypertension their blood pressure you know resolves into normal uh so yeah it's a very very healthy lifestyle
1: so tell me a little bit about the thinking how and i've heard you say as um i think it's alcoholics anonymous which i am um also know well um, uh, the stinking thinking and and how do we retrain our brains to get out of that
2: so yeah stinking thinking this is what happens the first year after you get over an addiction you know the 12-step program will teach you your first year of sobriety is going to be the worst year of your life they'll teach you that so you'll be persistent even though you think your life is getting worse stick with it your life's going to get better and it will get better yes but if we can get rid of the stinking thinking right off the bat which we can do if we combine a um a cognitive behavioral therapy program or an enhancing emotional intelligence program with a studies have shown a fourfold fold increased success and in never going back to an addiction because now the first year of sobriety is the best year of your life uh, and instead of getting rid of your bad thinking by dousing it with alcohol or with marijuana Uh, you are now able to immediately reframe into a thought pattern that is not only helpful, but actually even more accurate than your negative and uh, repetitive uh, thoughts that were prior to that. And once you can start getting good, the whole idea of cognitive behavioral therapy is we're teaching you to become your own therapist. Mm -hmm. So you won't need any therapist anymore. And it's it's a fun exercise. Now that doesn't mean you're gonna be everyone else's therapist. We're teaching you <laughs> be your therapist. Uh, but it is fun. And what people will say is, you know, when I was anxious and I had all these feelings, I'd want to pop a Xanax pill, or I'd want to take CBD, or I'd want to do this or that. And now I can just reframe my thinking into what's more accurate. And immediately I will feel better, far quicker than what the Xanax would have worked. Wow. And that's so uh, this, is, uh, this is a, this is a skill set that, uh, that does need to be developed, but you'll have all the coaches there to help you through that. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So what are you mentioned the uh,
1: medications? What are your thoughts on anxiety and depression medications? Do you like to use them? What are the negative side effects roughly? And what, what is there some that are worse than others?
2: So, yeah, we might talk a little bit about how they work so that you'll know um, my my opinion on them because it has to do with the biochemistry of how they work. These medicines do not give us the ability to make more neurotransmitters, nor do they build up more receptors. So when the doctor is giving it to you and saying, hey, this is going to help your serotonin activity, it's helping it by blocking the vacuum cleaners of the releasing neuron of serotonin. So if you got a shortage of serotonin, for instance, and the serotonin is not vacuumed back up into the neuron right away, it stays in the synapse, and that's how the serotonin activity can go up. But because it's not being vacuumed back up, you are doomed to have that neuron that was already short of serotonin be even that much shorter. Because it takes a lot of mitochondrial energy to produce one serotonin molecule. And if it can't get back in there to reuse, we're going to have to try to produce even more. And there was a problem to begin with. And so these medicines were never really designed to work for more than six months or a year. Because at that point, we're going to relapse back into depression if the medicines helped. And we're going to need higher doses. And then we're going to need more medicine. And so if we're just medicating this disease, it's gonna be woefully inadequate. And we might actually cause even worse complications on the other side of things. So medicines were only meant to be utilized for maybe six months, a year max, while we found the underlying causes and reverse those underlying causes. And that will be far more effective than taking medicine. So do I use medicine? Um, Yes, in certain cases. Um, Do I use medicine the majority of the time with people with depression and anxiety? No, not if they're coming to me first, because if I can find those underlying causes and reverse them, we don't have to go through that whole cycle of medication. Are most of my patients on medicine that come to the program? Yes. And so we'll work with them on the medicine. We don't take them off of it right away. We're actually trying to find why they needed that medicine to begin with and fix those underlying defects. And then they'll be able to easily withdraw from the medicine like Christy did, who thought that she would always be dependent on Adderall and and, uh, clonazepam for her anxiety. And also um, she was taking um, Cymbalta uh, and those types of uh, potent antidepressant medicines. And when she tried to get off it, things would get even worse. But uh, once she uh, once we found the fix, she was able to easily get off all of those and has never needed any of them uh, uh, since. And, and won't as long as she continues on, on the pathway of nutrition and, and exercise and the CBT um, aspects that have made her better. CBT? CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Okay, yes. Uh, that's where we're correcting those thoughts, and now she's able to do that in real time.
1: Very cool. So I saw you on a on a program on 3ABN. It was a while back. I was watching it this morning, and you had a few really powerful testimonies on the show. And um, I loved a quote that you said. One of your favorite quotes was, natural means use in accordance with God's will to bring about supernatural results. Could you elaborate on that just a little bit for us?
2: Nature has so many healing agents and if we utilize nature's healing agents in in the right way, they can be far more powerful than, you know, uh, what we would call the Pharmaceutical, foreign chemical uh, types of approaches, and uh, you know we used to call um, nature-based therapies as maybe alternative medicine because it didn't seem to be the the, the the science didn't seem to be there. Now there's actually better science demonstrating nature-based interventions of improving depression and anxiety than there is for the traditional means of uh of pharmaceuticals and traditional psychotherapies which have not really been uh, better than taking a placebo pill uh and so um uh yes i i firmly believe uh natural means used in accordance with god's will will bring about supernatural results and we treat you know unfortunately in our society today we treat depression and anxiety as this lifelong illness where they're going to have to be seeing doctors for the rest of their life and making these adjustments. And these medicines don't actually improve their function. They might improve their mood. They might make them feel better. They're not improving function. But if we use nature-based interventions, we're not only going to see better results, but we're going to see far improved functional results and, and neuroplasticity where the brain is able to really have, um, you know, be transformed is um, is going to be the norm instead of, um, you know, something that we think is never achievable. Wow, that, that's really cool. Um, and you talked
1: about how we have this tendency in our modern world to separate um, the body and the mind, and there's a doctor for the body and a doctor for the mind, and they're two separ- separate things. Um, could you elaborate on that?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we still kind of have that today. You know, uh, often we'll see, you know, psychiatrists, they're, sp- they're the the doctor for the mind. But if anything in the body is going on, they have to refer it out to somebody else. And then there are doctors for the body that as soon as the mind's involved, you've got to go somewhere else. But we would do far better if we treated these together. And yeah. fortunately, some places like Duke and and other places are actually starting residencies that are called, uh, you know, internal medicine, psychiatry residencies, where we're putting the whole body and mind together for a purpose of producing better results in both.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's awesome that that's, we're headed in that direction. And, and I also think that the our modern material worldview has also caused us to separate the body from the soul as well. Um, but the spiritual aspect of recovery is very important. Um, there was a quote, um, a Bible verse quoted in one of your shows, and it was First Peter 5, 6, or 7, and said, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Does humility before God and others play a role in recovery? And why do you think it is that learning to know a God who loves you and cares about you is important to recovery?
2: Yeah, you know, those are great questions. And humility is very important. In fact, the, the opposite of humility is arrogance and, and pride. And there's a great book written by one of our cognitive behavioral therapists called What Your Counselor Never Told You. The subtitle of it is The Seven Sins That Lead to Mental Illness. And the first sin that leads to mental illness is a sin of pride and arrogance. When we have pride and arrogance, we are going to get into wounded pride. We are going to you know, go from uh, feelings of superiority to feelings of worthlessness. Actually, feelings of worthlessness always start out first with an arrogant sense of self that's wounded. And so staying humble is actually one of the best things we can do for our brain. And one of the ways of staying humble is to recognize the awesomeness of God and his love uh, for us. And you know God, uh, it's not just what he does. The Bible says God is love that is part of his his character. and he is also truth. and uh, and he tells us to preach, the truth in love. And essentially um, when we boil it down, uh, that's what we're doing in our programs. we're revealing a lot of truths to people in regards to their brain uh, how their brain works, uh, the biochemical aspect of things and recognizing that we're fear, you know we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I continue to get amazed by the human brain and its capabilities two and a half pounds, hundred billion neurons hundred trillion synapses, uh, gazillions of mitochondria, <laughs> uh, that are there. It's a very complex structure and it's capable of so many wonderful things. And, uh, we, we kind of, uh, uh sell it short, but it's, uh, it is, uh, it's definitely, uh, the most complex, uh, uh, aspect of creation. Um, or or what, what should I say that mankind has never come up with anything, even the space shuttle that is near the complexity of a human brain. Uh, and, uh, and, and the amazing thing about it is it has the ability to change itself given the right conditions. No Boeing 747 can do that. No space shuttle can do that (laughs) requires thousands of people to try to put it together and to try to keep it going and to try to fix it and all this. But our brain has capabilities to heal itself, uh, given the right conditions. And, uh, you know, to me, that's, uh, it's very humbling. Uh, and, uh, and also, uh, makes us realize what uh, what a loving and awesome God we have. And He's he didn't just create us with these brains. He's trying to actually help us. Uh, some of the problems that come, you know, people think, well, I'm being punished by God. No, God is not punishing you. He's using the storms in our life to help us get ourselves back on track. It's just kind of a warning. <laughs> get yourself back on track. That's what he did with Jonah. You know, Jonah was suicidal and he had to spend three days in a psychiatric institution um, (laughs) in the belly of a fish uh, before he could think more rationally. Uh, and, And then he realized God did love him. You know, first he was upset that his life wasn't ended. But then after that, he was very grateful and thought, you know, in the midst of this storm, I thought God was punishing me, but he actually loves me. And he also loved the people of Nineveh, and that's why he wanted Jonah to go preach to them uh, so that they would have a chance uh, to uh, turn themselves around as well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, when we understand the context of all that, yeah. it certainly does help us in our healing.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, One of the gentlemen on your show said that uh, God loves me so much that he allows me to experience the consequences of my own
2: actions. Oh, uh, Yes. Yeah. I remember that. That was Frank Cohen. Yeah. He was, uh, uh, Frank Cohen came, uh, said that. And, uh, yeah, it's exactly right. It's exactly right. He, he understands God's love to say that. That's cool.
1: So, um, I know you got to go, um, so people can do the residential treatment program. Um, and they could also do look into some of your materials online. You have some programs, um, and some books people can buy, um, on your website, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah. So Nedley health, uh, you could look at the online programs. We have online optimize your brain programs for enhancing emotional intelligence and IQ, and then uh, depression and anxiety recovery programs. Plus community ones. If you can find a community program in your area, it's very inexpensive. We have trained health coaches and facilitators. It's a mental health education program, which actually trumps traditional care. Um, you can use both. Um, you can do traditional care plus the community health education program, but those are, those are always fun. And I, I know it'd be very enjoyable, or if you want the whole therapeutic side of things where we do the whole, um, you know, a super analysis, uh, biochemical cognitive, all of that, that would be our residential treatment program.
1: Okay. Very cool. Yes. And, um, so I will link the website, um, your website, it's drnedley.com.
2: Uh, yeah, or nedleyhealth.com.
1: Nedleyhealth.com. I'll, I'll link that in the description and in the, I I'll make a flyer for this and I'll, I'll share that with your folks and, and we'll get it out there. It'll have, um, have the links to those, to those resources, residential and, the uh, the resources on his website. And then also just for those of you who are living here in the La Grande area, there's a gal doing this, doing a support group with Dr. Nedley's program here in town. Her name is Sherry Shellman. And um, her phone phone number is 541-805-0126. She's going to start a group in January. I'll put the information on that um, in the flyer and it, as well. So anybody who wants can get that access to that. And doctor, thank you so much. It's been such a blessing to talk to you.
2: Oh, well, it's been a pleasure for me too. And uh, I want to wish you and your viewers all the best of health of body, mind, and soul.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. God bless you, sir. And thank you all so much for joining us tonight and and God bless you and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye.
0: Thank now. you.
2: All right. Bye-bye.
0: The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. If your provider has a strong understanding of nutrition and holistic health, even better. The opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and the guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of Nature's Pantry.